And I'm surprised how many people here the last couple of years would lay their rights down and just expect the government to tell them what to do, where to do it, and how to do it. But they are. That scares the heck out of me because that's going down the path that we don't want to go down. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we're talking about the Ohio governor's race. Ooh. We got politicians here? We don't have a politician. You know who we got here? Who do we got? We got a farmer. Farmer. We got a farmer with a hat and a big beard. Back the beard. Back the beard, baby. We got Joe Blystone here with us today. Joe, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks think, for having yeah, me. Oh, no, man, coming. we really appreciate you being here. So, you know, just a little bit of history on you. You're a farmer. How did you go from being a farmer to jumping into the seventh ring of hell? Oh, just, <laughs> just bad luck. I, yeah, you tripped. You tripped and fell into it. Tripped yeah. and fell into politics. <laughs> you know, I was looking for the biggest hornet's nest I could uh, jump into, and I think I found it. Ohio has been pretty bad here the last couple years, and we need to stand up and decide, are we liking the path Ohio's going down, or or do we want to change? Well, I, I've decided I want to change, or I will be residing in South Dakota. Right, um, you'll take your talents elsewhere. That, that, that's right. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can raise cows anywhere. That's true, that's true. So on this show, we constantly are harping on the fact that it's time to do something different that what we're doing is not working. And I always say that I would rather vote for a mechanic than vote for a sitting politician. I would rather vote for a fast food worker or I would rather vote for a farmer than a sitting politician now because what we're doing is not working. It hasn't worked for a long time, but we keep putting the same people in. That's right. And everybody's thinking the same as you. You know, we're tracking around this state. We've been on the road uh, living in a bus like a bunch of gypsies uh, for a year now. And talking to just good, hardworking moms and dads and uh, middle-class people, many people are, they're tired. They're worrying about their children, their grandchildren. Are they going to have the opportunities that you and I have grown up to love and respect? You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this great country. But we see that disappearing really fast. And where we're at in just the last two years, they're not even trying to hide taking our rights away. It's right out in front of us, blatant. And it just, it makes me sick to see what's happening. And I decided, you know, I love this country. I'll die for this country if I need to. I've allowed this to happen. I don't get involved in politics. I don't find good candidates. I've never been part of a campaign. I just been sitting on the sideline. I go vote. I vote for the lesser of the two evils. And Mm -hmm. I hope there's a different outcome. And all I can say is welcome to communism. There's just never, yeah, right. And there's never a different outcome. And I t- well, I'll tell you what I like about it. We were at the club meeting he was speaking at and good, great showing. Good, good, good turnout. And I'm sitting there. I thought there was free beer. I've <laughs> never seen a turnout like that. So incredible. So I meet him. I, I tell him, Hey, I'm Dan. We're doing the podcast later. He's like, okay, cool. And then when he's doing the meet and greet, I'm over here looking at the watch, like, man, we need to get this going. It's gonna be 10 <laughs> o'clock at night before we get this interview going. And I got to get up at four 30, but Hey, I'll, I'll do this at midnight. I don't care. I'm like, okay, maybe he's done. Oh, nope. He's still kissing more hands and shaking more babies. Oh, gee. I'm like, okay, now I think he's done. No. And you refuse to leave until you gave everybody a chance to say what they had to say, get the picture they wanted to get. And then you jumped in your own bus 
and drove that thing across the city over here to the studio, which is in an undisclosed location. Yeah, you can never tell anybody where we are. <laughs> this is a top secret location. Top secret. But how cool is that? Like, I, I felt like, you know, uh, there was a I regular think, guy. I think 607 was in front of us, and I was getting ready to call him in and get the escort done. Oh, I would have. You should have let me know. I would have called him. I would have called him. I hadn't turned his lights on for you guys. Well, I wasn't sure whether to pull in here with the barbed wire and the attack dogs. But, uh... Well, it's. You didn't see the guard towers apparently because we do have <laughs> but, no, but, but but it speaks volumes of what I'm saying for for what you did over there and you knew you had to do this and and you still even though it went late where we were at you're still sticking to it and and I'm in you're in and cheers to you I appreciate yes. you yeah for sure so along with his policies on his website the first thing is to uphold state sovereignty and you put that right on the top of the list that's right. It's our rights. Uh, and I think that's what people are so pissed off about here the last two years, our rights being taken away from us so easily. And I'm surprised how many people here the last couple of years would lay their rights down and just expect the government to tell them what to do, where to do it and how to do it. But they are. I mean, that scares the heck out of me because that's going down the path that we don't want to go down. So my job is to inspire people. And if I can inspire people and I can relate to them and I'm just, I'm just the everyday worker. I'm the, I'm the farmer down the street that, uh, you see at the coffee shop in the morning. And, uh, if you need some help doing something, I'm the guy you call and I show up at your house, not for pay or anything, but just because it's the right thing to do. So is that going to be uh, governor Blystone? Is he going to still be the guy in the coffee shop that we can walk up to and say, Hey, I got a flat tire. Can you come help me? Absolutely. Uh, there will never be a time that I won't be accessible. And that's the kind of representation we need. We need somebody that we can still talk to that will come out in our communities and talk to us. Where's DeWine? Where's DeWine? Is he still in his basement? I saw him at North Ridgeville has a, a, a great festival every year. It's the corn festival. And I saw him at the corn festival when he was running for governor. Last time I saw him. Oh yeah. Never so seen him again. a while ago. Right. Yeah. Never seen him again. I have no idea. I mean, maybe he's been around. I don't know. Well, it was interesting. He was supposed to speak up at the Dublin Republican Club, which is just north of Columbus there. And I thought, you know what, I'm going out to that uh, town hall get together because I got some questions for him. Of course, then I found out that he was he was doing it via Zoom. And then uh, all the questions that were asked to him via Zoom had to be vetted. So I'm thinking, wow. and this guy is supposed to be our representative that yeah. cares about it. Yeah, but, no but, tough questions. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> you know, I think Ohio, uh, the majority of Ohio's done with DeWine. Does he have some uh, support? Absolutely he does. He has the people that have access to him. He has the people that are doing business with him. He has the people that he appoints to different positions. And right now he's politicking with your and I money, mm -hmm. uh, building new sheriff stations and, and, and all kinds of different stuff like that. Well, getting back to state sovereignty, the first time I saw you speak was at Strongsville. They had their political summit, and that's where you won me over. And one of the things you said was that, and we were just talking about this, that you would tell Washington basically, hey, look, you stay over in Washington. We're going to stay in Ohio. We're going to take care of Ohio. If we need help, we'll let you know, and then you can come in and help us. But just get out of our business right now. Let us handle our business here. That's right. And I'm 100% on board with that. You know, the 10th Amendment, got it right here. Power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Anything that is not in the Constitution is delegated to the states. Education, 
nowhere in the Constitution. Show me. Show me in the Constitution. Every episode we do, he has to say it at least once. <laughs> Show me in the Constitution where education's in it. Show me where it says social welfare. Show me Department of Labor. Show me where it says health care. I'm going to get him a shirt that says, show me in the Constitution. <laughs> Constitution matters. It, it does. It does. And those are all states' issues. And why we don't exert our sovereignty is beyond me. Because they're scared. Well, and, and money. And I, money. And that's right. I, I think it all comes down to money. We kind of think that there's a Republican uh, party and a Democrat party. Mm. By gosh, they're all working together. Sure, they are. It's a political uh, it's party. It's a big club yeah. and you ain't in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, right. You're only in it during election years. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you're That's in that true. party. That's right. That's, That's true. Right. But so, at least for state sovereignty, I mean, his one sentence puts it in there right at the beginning. State sovereignty is under threat across the nation. It's no accident the framers put the Tenth Amendment in the Constitution. They knew there would be times when the federal government would try to overstep its bounds. Well, Correct. But what are we doing about it? Well, what other politician is even putting that on the first line of their policies? None of them. None of them. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody's talking about our Constitution uh, in Columbus. Uh, and it doesn't matter if, the, you know, they're representing in Columbus or, or Washington. Who's talking about our Constitution? Nobody. We've seen in the past two years, they've uh, scooped up our Constitution and thrown it right out the back door. Frank LaRose, our Secretary of State, the primary in 2020, he shut down the primary. No in-person voting. I looked through the Constitution. Nowhere does he have the authority to do that, but he did it. Are you sure? I thought I said if there were some sick people, that mm-hmm. then the Constitution didn't apply anymore. At all. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. No, that's uh, not it. That's I'm going to have to look. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So we know where you stand on state sovereignty. You can move on to the next well, one. Well, let me, let, you still got one let me ask you this. So when you go to the federal government, and the federal government comes in here with their mandates and their laws that they pass, okay, and you decide, hey, that's not good for Ohio. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. And they say, okay, no more highway funding. What's the next step? Well, we're going to have to buckle down. We have the authority to be a sovereign state. Uh, it's not like we have to ask uh, Mother Mayhem, let us do this. We have the money, and we send a lot of money over to the federal government, and they send a pittance back to us. You know what? We control the money from the get-go, so why in the world would we send it to them and then beg for it back? to fix our highways or run our school systems or any of this other stuff that we're doing. We need somebody with a backbone like Governor DeSantis. That guy is fighting for his people. He shut the gate on Washington and he said, go pound sand. We're not having it in Florida. You know what? I'm running Florida. I'm fighting for my people. That's the kind of representation we need here. That's the kind of representation you'll get from me. Mm -hmm. Right on. And he took a lot of flack for it, right? He did. They were highlighting his numbers. His COVID numbers were terrible. And they were on, you know, CBS this morning. And New York's numbers were just as bad. Turns and, out not so yeah, bad. Turns out. Okay. Turns out. Herd well, immunity is a good thing. Well, the, fun, <laughs> the funny thing about that is, you know, this upcoming election, obviously DeSantis is running again. And the Democratic uh, National Party has decided they are sending no money into Florida because they know they can't beat him. But it's just like Republicans in California, right? They don't send any money in there because it's a lost cause. Yep. Well, it was a lost cause. I don't think it's well, that lost I now. Yeah, I yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about that guy. Was it New Jersey, the guy who, yeah, who, put, yeah. the, who put the filing fee in? 200 truck, bucks. Truck 200 driver. bucks and one. Yeah. And one. You know That's why? Right. Because there is a path right now for people like you and for just normal, ordinary, everyday Americans to just get elected because people are done with it. 
But there's a problem with that. And you saw it happen with the previous president. You're going to get into a spot where you kind of don't know what the rules of the game are, and then they're going to change the rules on you because they can, and then put you in a, in a tight spot. Well, and I think that's kind of already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you went into some pretty unfriendly territory this morning. I'm no, not even going to no say credit. his name. Yep, I'm, not, I'm not even going to give him any credit. You went into some pretty unfriendly territory, and there were some questions brought up about campaign finance and yep. and maybe some campaign finance laws that were broken. Now, being in law enforcement 29 years, I mean, I'm pretty black and white, right? I mean, and when you stop people for a traffic violation and they say, hey, I didn't know that was illegal. Well, ignorance of the law is, you know what, that's, that's no excuse. However, I explored running last year-ish. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the campaign finance part of it, holy moly, man. <laughs> I mean, it is easy to make a mistake there. So you get a lot of grace from me for that. You know, and I know that you've got things going on and uh, different lawsuits that you filed and, and we're not going to get into all that, but the way he made it sound, we might as well get in front of it a little bit. So he goes to duck, duck, go. And he says, Hey man, when I search your name, it's all bad news, right? Everything's bad. Me and Dan were both like, man, this doesn't sound right. Cause I've been doing my research on this guy <laughs> right? because I knew we were having right. him, And that is not true. <laughs> right. So, well, here's the difference though. And normally duck, duck, go is they're, they're the okay. alternative, yeah. right? They're the alternative, right? Cause right. Google is the one that will just shit on conservatives yeah. all the time. Sure. So duck, duck, go is kind of now the very first one is the homepage, your page, yeah. blystoneforgovernor.com. Second one, Blystone for Governor of Ohio Facebook page. Then you get into Ohio candidate Blystone accused of unprecedented, I don't know, because I'm not even open the file. Uh, next one's policies. So it, it's not as bad as he, he made it sound like it was four pages. He made it sound like he had to get to the fourth page yeah, right. to uh, get before I could to like find his Twitter good. bio. <laughs> now, I would like to say this. Oh, I, I do want to read this one. This is, this is fantastic. So uh, the very bottom of DuckDuckGo, it's a Reddit if, if you vote for Joe Blystone for governor, we can't be friends, <laughs> says Blystone is just a redneck blowhard. He's friends with the guy who fired me from a job of seven years as a matter of convenience during the pandemic and espouses the prototypical cult Republican fetishism obsessed with the Bible and claiming that small businesses and farmers, blah, blah, blah. So this yeah. is it. These are, yeah. these are the results. Now yeah. you go to Google and first page, there ain't a bad thing. You yeah. go to Google and I mean, starting from the top, it is home, Joe Blystone, constitutional conservative, Joe Blystone, ballotpedia, Blystone for governor of Ohio, Facebook page, Joe Blystone shares why he chose to run for governor. Blystone picks Union County Marine veteran as running mate. Joe Blystone to speak at Northridge Republican Club. Joe Blystone says Ohio needs a governor with a backbone, right? Joe Blystone on the Five Bless America podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, the things that happened today, and I wanted to talk about it because I know people are going to hear that interview. Do your own research, man, because I could tell you right now that just that alone wasn't true. Right. And, and his motives behind it were we're kind of messed up, I think, because motives behind it were for somebody else. Right. Well, and, and one of the big things you said, one, the, the trouble that you're getting and the, the charges that are being levied against you for the campaign finance, the attorney who's spearheading that, who is that guy? So that's Mr. Polins out of Knox County, and he's the uh, Knox County captain for the uh, Renacy campaign. <laughs> oh, the convenience. 
How convenient. I'm sure he's, listen, I'm sure everything he's doing is on the up and up just for justice. America. America. <laughs> God. All right. So enough of that. All right. Uh, but so understand that when we heard that, we, we threw the bullshit flag right away. Right. We called a foul on it. Um, no, we did. So we did. you did bring up the lieutenant governor who will be your running mate. And I was doing a little research on that because there was a time where the lieutenant governor was a separate vote. And then after a while, they put them together just so there wasn't any uh, Democrat here, Republican there, and they weren't working together and all that. So his name's Jeremiah Workman. Uh, like you said, he's a former veteran, Navy Cross, Purple Heart, the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, Combat Action Ribbon, author. He's got a book called uh, Shadow of the Sword, which talks about his time where he was in the military, where he uh, got hurt, where he comes back, and he has to deal with a lot of that emotion that comes along with, with the war. So what does Jeremiah bring your campaign? Where, what does he bring as, as Lieutenant governor? I would say administration and leadership. When he came back to stateside, he, he went to work for the uh, department of veterans affairs in Washington. So he was on the front line with uh, not only overseas, but then he came back on the front line in the swamp. So he kind of knows the ins and outs of what should be done and what shouldn't be done. He he knows where we need to fix, uh, you know, the homeless vet problem here in, in this state. And some of these vets that they do have some issues and they're not getting the services that they need, whether in uh, down southeastern Ohio or wherever, because it's, it's just not readily available. And we really need to take care of our vets. Uh, you know, they signed on the dotted line to uh, keep us safe and they come back a little uh, discombobulated and we owe that to them to uh, help them any way possible. And that includes uh, getting them off the streets and putting a roof over their head at our cost. You know, what? and that, I love this because this mm -hmm. is how it was supposed to be. Right. Ohio was supposed to take, it was always supposed to take care of Ohio's people, right? We were supposed to educate our children. We were supposed to take care of our homeless. We were supposed to take care of the social welfare aspects. And then somewhere along the line, back in 1919, yeah. uh, it all changed, mm -hmm. right? And the federal government, well, and you know where I think it changed. As soon as we stopped the Senate from representing the states and let them get elected by popular vote, and there was nobody there to protect the states at that point, we lost it all. Yeah, it became a popularity contest. We lost it all. Mm -hmm. And the states lost their sovereignty. Mm-hmm. We are now the United States of America. There's no 50 individual states yeah, in here. Might as well just call it America. Right. Yeah, it's just America. Let's just, you know, get rid of the state borders. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Well, we need to pass the Convention of States. Oh. <laughs> Don't get Jim excited over uh, there. <laughs> I'm getting all flush. <laughs> He's trying to seduce me. Now, there. now we did have a guy in here that was talking about it, and he said that it is in the house and it's had three sessions already but it seems to happen every session right it, they, they talk a big they game, never right? yeah they talk a big game but they can never get it through oh i don't think ohio's ever passed it no they haven't they always talk about no, it. they're uh they're negotiating down there right now you know i guess we'll see of course they seem to have a problem passing anything down there but uh we well, can always hope yeah, I mean, and we'll jump to the uh, constitutional carry. The, the well, the Second Amendment is is his next one. So he goes right from upholding state sovereignty to right to the Second Amendment. And you say, as a farmer and hunter, I believe the right to bear arms is grounded in the belief that every American has a right to defend his life, the lives of his family, and the nation. 
Well, that's right. You know, our Second Amendment, I'm not going to give up my guns. Uh, right. We, right. We, we see what's happening down there in Australia. They give up their guns and uh, now got they no got recourse. In, intern camps and uh, it's a mess. Uh, we won't do that in Ohio. We won't do that in this country. Uh, that's when uh, the war does start. But we need to make Ohio a Second Amendment sanctuary state, constitutional carry. We need to gather all of our sheriffs at a roundtable and devise a plan of attack that, you know what, uh, we're going to run our state. We're going to control our Second Amendment. And if the uh, feds want to send in the regulators, we'll arrest them at the border. And that, one of my best friends is always telling Jim, you need to be the sheriff, Jim. <laughs> you need to be the sheriff that puts the cuffs on anybody that, cross, that does just what you said. Doesn't my buddy tell you that? No, he does. He does. He does. He, he, does. Does. <laughs> he, he pictures me standing there with a couple deputies behind me standing there in, a row, in the middle of the row with a with, shotgun. Unrolling the constitution <laughs> of the state going, show me where, right? And you brought up constitutional carry. We talked to a guy that said that there is well, Nathan uh, Manning. There, yeah, Nathan has it's in the House and it's in the Senate, and they both have their their different bills. That's right, and and they're both competing for love from the governor, basically. But neither of them have gone to the desk of the governor. So I told them straight up, I go, "How about you guys finish them at the same time, slap them there, and make the governor choose." Yeah. And they're like, well, it doesn't work like that. I'm like, damn it. I wish it yeah. did. Uh, <laughs> well, they just they just need to uh, come together and uh, get a bill to, uh, over to the governor's desk. But they're competing. So why would uh, they? They've got a House bill and a Senate bill. Yeah, but at the end of the day, right. what, you know, they can sit and say, we won, but what's that get them? Yeah. The difference between the bills is is one says you don't have to tell the cop that you have it if he asks you. And, and the other one says you do. If, now, if he asks. If he asks. Yeah. Right. So, nah. Whatever. I just, it pisses me off that we have to sign a bill that says I can constitutionally carry a fire. Now, one of the things Nathan did say, <laughs> though, they did last year passed where municipalities cannot in Ohio seize your guns under any circumstances during emergencies. Natural emergency. Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So uh, they at least protected it there because uh, if you remember, like with Katrina, they were going door to door and seizing people's guns down there in New Orleans. Right. So we're saying like when there's about to be a, a shortage at the supermarket because of the truckers, they can't come through and, and start you know, yeah. plucking guns away. Right. And they did pass that. So. Right. Second Amendment yeah. is a big one for everybody, I think. That's right. And I just hope everybody remembers that the last uh, proposed budget, DeWine tried to hide the red flag law in our budget. Oh, that's, you know what? You're right. Yeah. And, and people have a short memory and they need to understand, you know, we, that guy needs out of there. He, he throws a bone, but then he tries to take away the refrigerator. Sure. So a hundred percent. And that's a real thing, man. I mean, look, nobody wants a mentally ill to have a gun, right? Nobody wants that, but you know what you get? You get due process. Everybody gets due process. The police don't get to decide. A doctor doesn't get to decide. They don't get to decide that you're no longer allowed to have guns. All right. I'll tell you what, I'm not going out. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not knocking on somebody's door and taking their guns away from them. Yeah. Not without a court order where they've gone through the system. And had know? due process. Due process. Right. right. All right. So the next one you have is preserve the sanctity of a life. Our creator first established every human life. However, it comes into being is equally precious. I believe that the sanctity of every life of the unborn, elderly, disabled, or any ethnicity from any socioeconomic situation forms the very foundation of our constitutional republic. 
Yeah, that's right. And that's very important to me. You know, I'm a, I'm a God-fearing Christian, and we see the default program for the Republicans in this state. They always say I'm pro-life. Well, you know what? I, I wasn't even sure what their definition of pro-life was uh, until I really dove into it and researched. And uh, what their pro-life means is uh, 23,000 plus unborn children can be terminated in this state every year. Well, that goes against everything I believe and everything I've been taught, and it's not right, it's ungodly, and I can't be, uh, can't be part of that. Uh, I believe we need to abolish abortion in this state, period. But there's a human factor. You know, that young gal that's even thinking about getting an abortion, uh, you know, she's probably scared. She's probably in a deep, dark place. She probably doesn't have anybody to lean on. Well, that's where we come in. We put our arms around her and we say, you know what? We got you and we'll help you through this. And at the end of the day, if she doesn't want that baby, it's okay too. Because we know there'll be a lot of a lot of great parents that line up at the door to take a newborn baby. I mean, it's a fact. So we need to defund abortion and we need to fund adoption in this state. Being a, a police officer like yourself, you know, you probably see the uh, same kids week in, week out that causes all the trouble in this. Sure. In, in uh, the and yeah, I'll, I'll one up you. It's generational. Yeah. I'm dealing with people that I dealt with when I got hired here. I'm dealing with their kids and sometimes their grandkids now. Yeah. It's generational. Yeah. And we got a lot of kids out there that just are not being paid attention to. They don't have nobody that cares about them. You know, they don't have a mom or a dad, or maybe they have a single mom that she's working all the time and she doesn't have time to, you know, try to give the parenting that they need. So, you know, we have a lot of lost kids uh, that they need to have the attention. Maybe they're in a foster program or something. We need to get them permanent homes. Uh, because I, I believe if we can uh, build that foundation when they're young and spend the money, spend the money when they're young, that way we're not spending the money when they're 20 and they're they're wrecking havoc in society, and you know, then we're spending it in the judicial system and in the prison system. I'll be honest. At first, when you start talking about this, I kind of zoned out. I was like, oh, adoption, whatever. But the more you talk, the more sense it makes to me that, I mean, maybe that's the change we need, right? Maybe we need to strengthen from the ground up yeah. instead of throwing more money at programs, instead of trying to start a new program, why don't we start with, with those kids? You start with those kids and you make them good citizens. You that's make right. them good citizens that care about this state. And maybe that's where it starts. Maybe we try something so radically different than we've been doing. Can it be worse than what we're doing right now? Well, I think it has the opportunity to become a problem. And you brought up in your speech from earlier today about human trafficking in Ohio. That's right. You start having an abundance of babies for sale and there's going to be a problem with that. I guarantee it. There's no way around that. Who wants to see that? So you have to at least be able to really factor in how you're going to handle every single one of those. Cause you'll really find out how many babies are there aborting once you start having to put them somewhere. No, no, that's true. I mean, it's 23,000 a year, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's just reported. Right. Right. It could well, be double. Well, and, and we need to think about our generational welfare. We got to stop paying bonuses if you have another baby. That makes no sense. Oh, man. So, you know, if we're paying for more babies, obviously they're going to have more babies. They're that's, subsidizing it. Yeah. And, that, yeah, and they grow up is. thinking that that's the way it's supposed to be. Sure. Right. Yeah. Generational. So, yeah, there's many, many issues. Uh, that I have no problem to, with welfare. But yeah. welfare as it was originally designed, right? Oh, man, you lost your job. You're about to lose your house. Let us help you out. Get yeah. you back on your feet. Find you a job. Now you're off welfare. And not from the federal government. Let the churches do it. 
Yeah. Let the cities do it. Like it was before. Like it was before. Like it was always supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Until the federal government got their hooks into it. Like they always do. And now it's business for them. It is big business for them. That's all it is. Yeah. And when you brought up human trafficking in Ohio, I thought that that number was crazy because I never even looked into it or heard about it. No, I, I know Toledo's a, it's just, it's rampant in, in Toledo. Right. And and I always talk about it with the same thing as fentanyl. You know, it's like, if you, if you find somebody with fentanyl, it should be death penalty. He's not, the death penalty needs to be the end all for what, for that crime. And then people are still going to do it, but a lot of people are going to be like, it's not worth dying over. Yeah. Cause everyone can sit in jail for a little while. Everyone right. can catch a case. Nobody right. wants to die. Well, <laughs> we have a problem with judges also, you know, oh, I know we're, we're obviously we're slapping repeat offenders on the wrist and sending them right back out on the streets for, for heinous crimes. Uh, down there in Columbus, a friend of mine's an attorney, and he said there about three, four months ago, uh, two suspects, they had a murder rap on them, and they went in, was that they was arraigned, a $100 bond, and out on the streets they went. Um, well, at least they got 100 bucks out of them. You see personal <laughs> bonds more. I mean, it's ridiculous. Wow. See personal bonds all the time on stuff like that. Judges just let them right back out. And then the first thing they do when they go out is reoffend. Yep. You know? <laughs> So that's a good segue into uh, your next thing that you have on the website here is manage state spending and shrink the tax burden. Oh, yeah. we. Right? I mean, that, that's a lot. We, we got a spending problem in Columbus. Not so much the state, in Columbus. Well, where would you cut first? I tell you what, it's, it's interesting because uh, when I jumped into this, I had never looked at the budget. I think most of us don't. Right. So I thought, you know what, I'm jumping in this. I better look at the budget. I I can tell you, I pulled it off the website and you can't tell where all the money's gone. Um, It's so convoluted that we don't know. So how are we supposed to hold anybody accountable? No, that's what we're talking about. Well, well, you take, you take every single thing and cut it by 10%. Yeah. Your budget is cut by 10% trim the fat. That's it. Well, I tell you what, we have so much money going to state universities. Oh, the endowments? Yeah, well, just in general. Oh, okay. Endowments um, are federal, aren't they? I don't, I don't know, know the answer to that. The numbers are big enough. If you look up how much, like the University of Michigan or Ohio State, like their endowments are in the hundreds of millions, I think it has to be. It well, has down to be federal. It, you know, we've all been to Ohio State. They're building uh, multi million dollar structures around there uh, and they never stop. <laughs> they um, got money to burn down they, there. They do. <laughs> they do. But yet our money's still going to uh, that university. Sure. And I'm just asking myself, why? Why 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 is the hardworking man sending their money to these these state institutions? Uh it should they it shouldn't be. If these universities are so well trained to do their job. Let's just let them stand on their own two feet. And it's capitalism. They'll either survive if they're running that business appropriately or they'll die. We don't need all these uh, state universities. Um, and again, that's a hard line to take, but I'm, I'm a hard line kind of guy. I want to work for the people. I want to put more money back in the people's hands. Right. Look at our unemployment. I just want to know when the, we're going to get the $4.5 billion back that DeWine paid out in fraudulent unemployment claims. Yeah, when they were giving them the prisoners and illegals and all that stuff. Everybody. Yeah, um, yeah. But we're never going to see that money again. But again, Just we lit it on fire. We have a department that they don't know how to run that department. Right. And they're not going to turn that money away because it's just uh, they want more and they need the budget to increase and they're never going to. That's right. That's, oh, why, exactly that, it. Well, that's why I said you got to take everything 10%. 
yeah. the percentage and trim the fat. So, yeah, they'll never listen. They were very happy to give that that money, that four point five billion dollars away, right? They didn't want they didn't want that money sitting there at the end of the year. Oh well, we don't need all this. No, now they can say, hey, we spent four point five billion. We're empty. We need more. They were shoveling. We need more. You know where we're going to get it? We're going to get it from the small businesses. That's where we'll get it. We're going to get it from you. We're not going to get it from Intel. Mm. Right. We're not going to get it from the big, big companies because they got yeah. such a big tax break. We're right. not going to see any taxes. You give them an abatement. You're not going to tax money in. for them. That's right. And then, and then I bet you when that 10 year or 20 year tax abatement comes up, they'll threaten to leave. That's right. Until they get a better deal. I and if they don't that. get a better deal, I'd do they'll it. leave. I'd do it. Sure. I'd yeah. do it. It's business. Yeah. So you did uh, start your agricultural business in 2004, and then you started a nonprofit in 2019 with the goal of helping young adults and children learn the importance of hard work and living a happy, healthy lifestyle. Which is important. I oh, like we hang out down in Southern Ohio, Newcomerstown area, and uh, we pass the Amish when we go to where we go. And I always joke around with my kids, like I'm I'm sending you out here for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. need to see. It. I think all the kids from <laughs> from urban and suburban need to go. And uh, I mean, I, I drove down to Southern Ohio one time with my four wheeler and my camper for a weekend out with the boys, and I seen some fourteen year old. Who knows if he was even fourteen? kid pulling his, pulling his own horse, tilling up this field by himself. I wanted to stop by and, and, and like give the kid a, at least a high five. Can you, you imagine know? your kids trying to do that? Oh, I, I, one of my kids would, but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, uh, this, this kid, I was just so impressed. Like it, it made me want to stop and just like marvel at it. That's how, that's how to me, it's just so removed from exactly what's going on today. And you see it. I mean, there are people talking to you today at the club about how it's hard for them to get people to even show up to work. That's right. That's right. And and I'm seeing it in the trades and I'm seeing well, it. Well, again, you I'm want to talk about the subsidies. I mean, they're subsidizing you to stay home. And when the government's paying you more money than you can make going to work, why would you ever go to work? That's right. Why right. would you ever do it? Right. So he says here he has a state budget of approximately 75 billion with a population of 11 million. And then you compare it to other states that have the same population at about half the budget. That's right. Uh, uh, well, Florida, you know, back when uh, we wrote our policy, uh, uh, Florida didn't have quite uh, double the people, uh, citizens there. Uh, I bet you they do now. Um, so yeah, everybody's moving to Florida. Yeah, I know, uh, but they're moving there and still voting the same way. <laughs> but you know, we have an $80 billion budget in this state. Uh, Florida has about an $88 billion budget, but they have twice as many people. It doesn't add up. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. Uh, we have a spending problem in this state and, and it's just going to take somebody to, uh, uh, go in there and, and, and really cut out the fat. And people will say, you know, Joe, what are you going to do uh, when you go in there? What's your first job? And I said, well, it'll, it'll be time for the budget to be proposed. And I say, you know, the thing about the budget, we propose it. It goes into the House. They do their, their, uh, their trick to it. It goes to the Senate. They do their trick. And it comes back around to the, uh, to the governor. And then the great thing about uh, the governor in the state of Ohio, he has light on and veto. So I tell everybody, you know, we're going to need a couple dozen Sharpie markers, markers that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, yep, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to save uh, Ohioans a lot of money. Well, but I also think that if the state and Senate knows that you're ready with a couple dozen markers or maybe even a gross of markers, you know, yep. maybe 144 markers. I just picture something like the original Willy Wonka. Remember when they were looking for the golden ticket and they had the tables and tables and tables <laughs> and they were just ripping through chocolate. I just picture there's going to be a whole bunch of people on tables with markers like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. But if they know that you're coming with that, then maybe they won't put the bullshit in there. 
That's right. You know, yeah, it's time for somebody to be on top to call our legislators out. Uh, you know, and that, that question I was asked tonight, they said, Joe, uh, you know, you're out there. You're really far left. These legislators, they won't want to deal with you. How, how are you going to make them deal? And I said, well, how did Trump make them deal? He showed us where the roadblocks were. He called these people out in public. He said, you know, hey, Ohio, your senator, your congressman is holding up this bill. Yeah. You, you need to hold their feet to the fire. Personal accountability. And that's right. And that's what we need to do here because here's the sad part, because I've been all around this state, talked to thousands of people, and there's so many people, they don't know who the representative is in the House. They don't know who the representative is in the Senate. They don't know how a bill gets into a committee or how how it gets passed and gets around to the governor's death. They are just totally blind. Apathetic. And I said, that's how we control the narrative. If I'm governor, I'm going to let them know. If you're in uh, southeastern Ohio, if you're down there in Gallier or wherever, I'm going to say, you know what? We got this great bill and your representative is sitting on it. You need to fire him up. We need this bill passed. I love it. Start so, calling them out. Start calling them out by name. Ass, huh? Start calling them out by name. <laughs> That's right. So let's talk about your chances of actually winning this thing, right? Because according to that interview today, you have no business being in this race and you were pulling single digits. Uh, Renacy was going to win this thing. He was, he was even beaten to wine. And the polling that they're talking about there was one that was actually paid for by Renacy. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it was, it you was. Don't say. Yeah. He paid for his own and Typically, you know how those go, right? They always go towards whoever's paying. Yep. He so, called his donor list. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So Trafalgar came out with one, I think it was uh, February. Yeah. Yeah. February, 2022. And they are independent, right? They're not working for anybody. Nope. And what they've got right now is now you got to remember, this is only 1,066 likely GOP primary voters. Now, likely GOP primary voters are people that have voted in primaries in the past. I think you're going to see a whole lot of people coming out in this primary who are starting to understand how important primaries are that are going to vote in this that wouldn't have been included. Especially in this. people that listen to the show. Oh, oh, well, we'll get into how important primaries are. Mm -hmm. So with that, they're still putting DeWine at 40.9%. But Renacy, they're putting at 22.8. And you're only at 20.2. I mean, you are just two points behind him. That's right. And the big one here is undecided, 16.1%. So these are all voters that are looking for somebody to vote for. They just don't know who they want to vote for yet. Yeah. They're going to do what we normally do now and vote for the guy that has a fresh eye on it. Well, right. Well, or they're going to vote for Mike DeWine. Or they just go down ticket. Yep. Or they're going to vote for Mike DeWine because they know his name. Yeah. And this is where it is going to be so important to get the word out on these primaries. Because the problem is that if you don't vote in the primary, because people say, hey, I'm not going to vote in the primary because primaries don't matter. I'm going to wait for the general election. Well, by then, now you're stuck with the same two bad candidates. That's right. The time to change this is the primaries. Because you're already within the margin of error. That's right. And that's the win right there because when it does show out and it does happen and all of a sudden they're like, where'd, where'd Blystone come from? We didn't see this coming. Our polling didn't show any of this. Hey, of course it didn't. 2016. <laughs> 2016. Hillary Clinton, 98%. She was going to win this thing. Oh, yeah. You could have lost a lot of money in Vegas. Oh, on boy. One. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, about four months in, there was a group that came out and did a uh, push poll. Like Har I think it was called Harris Poll or something mm -hmm. like that. Four months in, showed me at 12%. I mean, that's unheard of. You know, if you look back at the last primary between DeWine and Mary Taylor, Mary Taylor never polled 20%. 
and she had 300 and I believe 40 or 50,000 votes. DeWine won the last primary with 499,000 votes in a state where there's 1.9 million registered Republicans. There's 8 million registered independents. So I'm telling you, we can win this. We can win this. Uh, I know we can, but just like you say, People have to come out. May 3rd, May 3rd is it. May 3rd, May 3rd, May 3rd. If you don't show up on May 3rd and vote in the primary, we're done. Well, and that's what we were saying. You've been talking all this time about how mad you are at the politicians and their lack of action and they're not doing anything. And you want somebody new in there. You want to go a different route. You would rather vote for anybody. This is your chance. This is your chance to get in there and put your money where your mouth is. You've been saying you want to vote for somebody. Well, I got somebody for you, right? That's Don't right. show up out here and vote for Mike DeWine again. Don't vote for Renacy again. These are two politicians and what they do hasn't been working. What's it going to hurt? Vote for Joe, put Joe in there. And if Joe sucks, then you vote him out next time. We'll find another farmer. We'll find another mechanic. We'll just keep going until we find somebody. Right. So Joe, has a donation he's trying to hit here. Joe Blystone is trying to get 10,000 Patriots to give a hundred bucks. So you can hit a million. Pop Bless America has donated to that because we want to see you get there. I think that the funding is real important because these other guys have money coming from all kinds of places that they have no business taking the money from, which is going to lead them to make policy that has nothing to do with the people that are voting for them. Well, how much has Renacy brought in so far or how much has he spent? So uh, the first report he put out from donors, he raised twenty or twenty three thousand, but he put a million dollars of his own money in. Ah, uh, okay. The second report that just came out, he raised, uh, I believe it was a hundred and forty nine thousand from donors, and he put another, I, I think, three or four million dollars of his own money in. So how much has he spent? Do you know? He spent uh, about $2 million. And how much have you spent? About 300K. So you're the guy from New Jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So here's the thing. Donors equal votes. So we outraised him two to one this last go around. And that's why he had to pump his own money in. Uh, Well, it just makes him nervous Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, and and we're not getting big donors. We're not, we're not, we're not looking at people giving me 10,000, 10,000, you know, we're, we're talking about. $5, $10, $20, $100. We have the movement. They have the money, but we have the movement. Yeah, because people are sick and tired of the the shit, for sure. That's right. So, yeah, I encourage all the listeners, if you can, you don't have to donate 100 but he has the goal of getting 10,000 patriots to give $100. That'll put him at the million. That that lets them know that, that they're serious and they can raise capital and they can really make a difference here. And it's important and well, we should all do it. And if you go to blystoneforgovernor.com and at the very top there, there's a red box that says donate. That's all you got to do. You hit that and you can send them, like you said, five bucks, you know, send them 10 bucks because every little bit's going to help in this fight for sure. And we, we have you on this podcast because we, we listened to you, we saw you, we believe in you. And it'd be one thing for us to sit there and be like, we put you on the podcast. That's all. But we're, we're putting our money up too. I mean, Jim's got kids in college. I'm getting ready to lose my job and be on unemployment when my coal fire power plant shuts down in April. And I'm still donating because May 3rd is it. May 3rd is it. <laughs> May 3rd is it. You know what's funny about these elections, too, is every election, it's like the end of the world, right? Oh, it's the most important election of our lifetime. 
But I swear to God, since like 2016, every election has been the most important election of our lifetime. They just get more and more and more important until one day we're going to lose the big one and that's it. We're done. We're going to lose it all. Okay. I skipped one on this page that we got to get to. Let me uh, just oh. interject here real quick. I just noticed for uh, Lionsdorf for governor race to 1 million, 10,000 Patriots, $100 each 20 days. GoFundJoe.com. GoFundJoe, all one word.com. And you can go there to do that. Right on. Go ahead. So with the stand for health autonomy, we do have companies that require people to get the vaccination to work, which I don't believe they should be able to do. I don't like it. I'm going to have a lot of decisions to make when I decide to get on a boiler somewhere else that's not the power plant. Uh, and it's going to affect where I work if they, if they don't accept a religious exemption or any other exemption that I need to address. So I just want to know where you stand on that. Well, the fact that we have to fill out an exemption form, uh, religious or otherwise, we shouldn't have to be doing. I'm all about uh, individual health autonomy. If you want a vaccine, get it. It makes no difference to me. But the only one that uh, should be deciding that is you and you only. For your children, too, you got to make that decision. And, and that's right. Uh, the, the, you, as a parent, should be deciding if your children should be getting a vaccine. Not, not your school, not your governor, and not your job. Nobody should have their job held hostage for a vaccine or not. We've seen the uh, travesty with our uh, healthcare workers. We had a shortage of nurses back in 2020, and they worked through the pandemic. Uh, they didn't complain. They worked long hours. They were on the front lines. They were heroes. And now and, what's her reward? And that's right. That What is it? Uh, now get the vaccine or you're out. Yep. And, and there's thousands of these nurses across this state that uh, they're walking away from their jobs. And it's in such mass that now our governor is sending in our National Guard to try to fill in lost jobs in these hospitals. You know, if I had tinfoil hat wearing guys like, you know, my neighbors and things that were telling me, ah, this vaccine's crazy, you know, I might blow it off. But when you've got healthcare workers who are telling you, look, something's wrong here. This is not for me. I'm not getting it. You got to listen, man. That could be misinformation, Jim. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to get labeled again. (laughs) Which is going to stroll us into the next part on his website here, which uh, Jim and I had this conversation when we were kind of going over notes and and talking about this. And we were wondering how you're going to do this on a state level uh, is rain in big tech. Rain in big tech. You know, uh, Man, it, it's interesting. Just just post something true. Oh, uh, we do. Oh, we do. Uh, <laughs> and and you're out. <laughs> we all laugh that you know I've been in jail for you know what, however many days. But truly, the censoring is run amok. And I believe what we need to do is hold up our First Amendment rights, and and we just need to let these uh, platforms know that if you're going to operate in the state of Ohio, I'd like to see legislation passed that says. You operate here, you can't censor your clients. And if you do, we will find you extensively. Yeah. And then once that happens for one state, it'll it'll catch fire to all the next states. Probably, That's right. I would assume because people would be like, hey, they're not getting throttled here, but they're throttling us. And, and some people say, well, Joe, you can't do that. They're, you know, they're a private business. Well, what we need to do is we need to regulate these uh, social media platforms because they are so huge and because they transfer all this communication, we need to uh, label them as uh, a utility. Well, I've that- said it all along. I mean, I know they're private companies, but that is how the world communicates. 
That's world right. communicates on Twitter, on Facebook. And for Twitter or Facebook to censor what you're going to say because they don't agree with it, it, it is. It, it's right. it's the, tantamount the next, to the next one. a First Amendment violation. I understand they're not the government and it's not technically a First Amendment violation, but they're certainly culpable for violating your First Amendment rights. That's right. Yeah. So it, it's tough on a state level, but it could catch fire, which, which you're 100% right. We did an episode a, a few weeks back about the Canadian convoy. And it was a really good episode. We had a lot of, a lot of love for that episode. I tried to pay for an advertisement on Facebook and I put the whole thing together. I built it up. I said how long I wanted it to go for. And in 20 minutes, it came back rejected. So we could have been on that recording, just singing Christian hymns. They just took what it said in the beginning in our title, COVID-19, COVID-19 truckers, this and that. And it was like, they just rejected it and it won my money. And then they wanted your money after you posted. He took a screenshot of them rejecting it and he posted it on there like, ah, they rejected me. Then they wanted $2,000 for him to promote that post. <laughs> the one that was about them rejecting our other post, they wanted $2,000 for us to promote that one. To get it in front of 20,000 people. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, we paid it. But. <laughs> we did not pay it. So that's important. But I think when you do get the job, it's going to be back burner thing. So you can get everything else in order first and then work your way to that one. I don't, yeah. I don't think as, as much as it's important for us to, to be able to speak out and talk and, and not be, you know, throttled or pulled back. It's not in the front burner. That's right. Uh, we have a lot of brush fires right now. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the last thing you have on here, and I heard you speak about it a little bit, is bolster election integrity. Well, uh, again, that's uh, that's right up there with the censoring. If they censor us and they steal our vote, we are done. Um, right. When we had Nathan Manning on, we were talking about how we were happy that Ohio got done, Ohio got counted, Ohio was finished on Election Day. And we were like, yeah. So to us, it, it went our way, so we didn't think there was a problem. Right. But when you dig a little deeper, there was problems. That's right. So... Uh, I think we can all remember back in 2020 when uh, Dwayne came out and said, uh, you know, folks, you need to be in bed by 10 o'clock. You can't be out. Uh, that virus is out there lurking around. <laughs> Obviously, you know, we all were like, go pound sand, Dwayne. But uh, anyways, I started having Liberty events on my farm uh, because people people needed to be refueled. We were just kind of done living in the twilight zone. We were done with, you know, all the mandates. So, I met a lot of great people coming to my uh, farm from all over the state. I met a gentleman by the name of Dr. Douglas Frank. Uh, he's a world-renowned scientist, physicist, and he started modeling the numbers of the uh, November election. Matter of fact, for his work in uh, modeling the numbers uh, and getting that word out there, he, uh, he got noticed nationally by uh, uh, Mike Lindell and uh, also General Flynn. Okay. So he's, he's part of that team. They go around the country and people that are willing to open up their books, uh, they're doing forensic audits and, and they're finding a lot of fraud. We have a lot of fraud here in Ohio and he did some, uh, just uh, some routine standard modeling of numbers, votes versus population, historical uh, participation in elections. Uh, some of that's a little above and beyond me, uh, you know, the numbers and how he does that. But uh, he showed me, he said, Joe, he said, he said, I can prove that Trump didn't win by eight points. Trump won Ohio by more like 16 points. So we definitely have some 
fraud here in this state. Uh, I brought this to uh, Frank LaRose's desk, and uh, Frank LaRose is in campaign mode, and he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, uh, it's nuclear. Yeah. So uh, he's out there touting that we had the most participated election and the most secure election, and the machines are not hooked up to the Internet. Well, I can say I, I say bullcrap. So uh, we we need to do a forensic audit in this state. Matter of fact, we need to get rid of these machines and go back to paper ballots and manual counting. These machines can be hacked, no matter what he says. And and we saw up there in Lake County that uh, one of them was hacked, and they did record the uh, votes. So we got to fix our election. I could tell something was off because when you get a president that got as many votes as he got, eighty one million. Yeah then other measures have to measure out. So the White House had a YouTube page and their YouTube page had, I don't know, 2 million subscribers and they would post something and it would get 300,000 views. And it, the ratio to dislike to like was way off. Yeah. yeah it was 30, like 90% thumbs down. Yeah. They had to take, the, they had to take the thumbs down, but no way <laughs> yeah. from there because, because every single video was ratioed thumbs down. Stop it. You're talking about the most popular president in history. Just stop it. I refer to him as Joe Burden <laughs> on this show. Just I've been trying not to, but it just, it just flows so easy. So it doesn't pass the eye test to me. With the whole YouTube thing, they won't let you comment on their Facebook page because it would just be ratioed. I mean, his Twitter, his Twitter comments are ratioed. I mean, if you were the most popular president, you would expect it to be the other way around. You can't get that many votes and have an approval rating one year later like he does. Especially Twitter. You can't even get popular on on (laughs) left-leaning Twitter. Even Twitter hates you. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So we can find you on Instagram. It looks like Blystone for governor. We can find you on Twitter at Joe Blystone 22 and Facebook is Blystone for governor of Ohio. Yeah. Blystone for governor of Ohio. Yeah. You want the last word to talk to the people. You got it right here. Yeah. I, I just want to instill in everybody that May 3rd is it. If you want to get Ohio turned around, if you want somebody that is going to work hard for you and somebody of the people, somebody who goes out and works and gets their boots dirty every day, not a suit and tie politician. If that's what you want, that option's out there. But if you truly want to change, if you want something more Trump-like, I'm it. A constitutional conservative, I'm going to stand up for your rights. I'm going to fight for your children, your grandchildren, and we can make Ohio great again. And you know, he's different. You want different. What we're doing is not working. Probably has calluses on his hands, like I do. Hey, let's try different. I'm all about trying different. All right, listen, as always, man, we appreciate you guys' support here. You can find us on Facebook at pod bless america and you can find us on twitter at jim and dan show you can find us on getter now at pod bless america and you can reach out to me jim at pbapodcast.com or dan at pbapodcast.com so until next time i'm jim i'm dan pod bless america